afternoon. I'm glad to see all of you here and I would like to welcome all of you to, to, to this live session. My name is Lela Machaidze. I'm professional project manager and I'm this field for more than 17 years working with different sectors in private and public sector. Uh, if you want to hear more about me, you can visit my social media sites where I'm posting interesting topics about project management and leadership, uh, tips and tricks which can be beneficial to you. Couple words about today's agenda and logistics. Uh, today's session, the presentation will take about 45 minutes, 40 minutes, uh, and will be followed by the questions from the audience and myself. Please feel free to post your questions in the chat section. Uh, we will be addressing them after the presentation. So be active, be interactive, express your uh, notes and observations and the questions. We will be posting the recording of this uh, video on the YouTube and sharing with the attendees so you can also watch it later or, or share with your friends and families or, or colleagues. Uh, so we will be sharing the posts. Uh, and now uh, it's my pleasure to uh, host this live event the practitioner who worked for uh, for many years for IBM and now he works with Oracle. So we call these people uh, practitioners who really touch uh, themselves uh, these all uh, issues, the topics uh, we read in the books. So this is my pleasure to present uh, Pat Rulach and I'm really honored uh, to be hosting him on this session. Hi Pat, how are you? Hi, Lala. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for inviting me. I'm, I'm great. I'm great and eager to share the today's session and information from it. We have lots of attendees who are eager to hear about machine learning and data analytics in project management because uh, every project manager, everybody involved in the project will be affected, is affected by the machine learning and data analytics. And it will be nice to hear more practical, practical observations and recommendations from the practitioner. So floor is yours. Cool. Thanks a lot. Let me share my screen and we can quickly start. Cool. Can you just confirm? Things yes. Are on? Everything perfect. is nice and clear. Perfect. Perfect. So welcome everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really honored that I can talk today about the machine learning and the data analytics in project management. The very first item I'd like to stress here is that this is actually first session from the special series dedicated to future project management. So what I'm going to talk about today will be giving you, let's say, a, a touch to those domains that potentially will be, that we are expected to be covered in more details in the upcoming sessions. But before we come to that, let me just give you some structure, what you can expect today. So of course, I will briefly introduce myself so you understand where I'm coming from. Then I will also briefly describe the difference between machine learning and artificial intelligence. I mean, the reason is obvious here because there is quite a lot of misconceptions and I just want to be certain that all of us on this call and on, on this stream are on the same page. Then the core of the session will be dedicated to machine learning and data analytics application domains, basically the areas where you as a PMs or basically anyone who is doing any planning 
can benefit from it. And we will also actually cover what it means from a machine learning perspective, what it means to have the data, how to process them, et cetera, et cetera. At the end, I will briefly talk about um, basically steps that are ahead of us, basically, that we need to take to make the things that I will be talking about the reality. Some of them are already reality. Some of them, I mean, the, I would say majority, is still something that is coming our direction, but we need to be ready for it. And then I will have some few fi final remarks at the end. Of course, at any moment in time, feel free to stop me. I mean, there is a there is a Zoom uh, chat. You can also post any questions, as Lala mentioned. So we will be more than happy then just to answer those as well at the end. So briefly, something about me. Uh, as Lala mentioned, I'm slightly over 15 years in the IT industry. Um, I've went through a couple of roles already. You can see that since since 2006, when I finished my university studies. I went through various roles from developer, designer, project manager, program manager, portfolio manager. I was also, um, let's say, teaching at the university, cloud solutions, and many other roles like the mentor, coach, and others. And I have no doubt that this is this is not my last role in my life. And of course, this will be growing over the time. Because I'm project manager, just probably most of you on the call. Um, I'm, I'm really honored that I had the pleasure to deliver projects that had a global footprint across all the geographies pretty much. And that gave me a great exposure to various challenges in, in those regions. As I mentioned, I'm also a big, uh, big fan of the cloud solutions, which is closely related to, um, to machine learning and data analytics because eventually the future is the cloud. But we will talk about that later. I've already mentioned I'm PM enthusiastic, so I, that's really a pleasure for me to work in this domain. And also, I'm trying to act as a mentor for one of my colleagues uh, or a couple of my of my colleagues. Uh, I'm a big fan of transparency, which means for me that you know more more information we share as a PM with the project team, more feedback we get from all the stakeholders around, the better we can do any projects in general. And then last item that I'm just you know something personal. And that is that I'm a big fan uh, in terms of the stamp collections. So in case you have some stamps, I mean, just contact me and we can do some exchange. Okay. Uh, because we wanted to understand, we wanted to understand what is the, uh, let's say, set of the people who is attending our session. We prepared a session for you. Uh, sorry, the question for you. What is your job role? So if you can maybe just spend a few seconds and just pick whatever role you can see here. We will just spend here maybe a few seconds, let's say 30 seconds up to one minute, just to see what is their structure of the people. So I can see that 50% project managers, team manager, people manager is increasing. Okay, so it's going to be tight. It's almost like the content. Okay. Okay. Cool, cool. So I think that we, we can see that it's it's almost equal between the project manager and team manager and people manager. So there's a majority, which, okay, I'm glad for this information because of course the session is intended for the project managers to understand what is heading their direction. Good, so let's go next. First, as I mentioned, I'd like to give you some small introduction in terms of the definition of the terms that we are going to use because the whole session will be related to machine learnings. And of course, all of us, we want to be on the same page. So I want to clearly define what is the machine learning and what is the artificial intelligence. So 
we need to take the machine learning as a, as a let's say, composition of computer algorithms that can improve automatically through the experience and by the use of the data. And that's important. The machine learning is relying on some sample data, the training data, and these data are being used to make the predictions or decisions without being programmatically explicitly to define. Uh, so, so that's the key, let's say, definition. Then we have our artificial intelligence next to it, right? I mean, the AI is is a much, much bigger concept. I mean, it's a concept to create basically intelligent machines that can simulate human thinking behavior and capability, right? So, so the things that we are really going to touch today will be related to machine learning. Artificial intelligence, as I mentioned, is much broader concept, bigger concept, and we are not there yet. We are heading the direction for sure, but not yet. So now let's briefly see what you can expect in the upcoming, I would say, 30 minutes. We will be touching four domains, and I will provide some explanation and specific background behind each of those. So first, we will touch base on data processing, like what kind of data you can have, what are the challenges when it comes to the data processing, and potentially what how, how we can address them. And then we will also try to understand how the machine learning and the data that we have, the data are already out there, just for you waiting to take them. So how we can use those data, harvest them, and use it for prediction or your decision-making support. Then also I will cover briefly some automation activities that you can already use as a project manager to make your life, and not only your life easier, but also life of your stakeholders. And then I will briefly also cover some topic uh, that is talking about how the machine learning that of course is potentially can be utilized in the project management, how that can be used as a great input for the company's transformation, how companies should evolve over time to be more competitive in terms of their internal operations. Good, let's get started. The first thing, the most important one, and everything starts with data, with data that are out there, data processing. And all those data are in various shapes and various forms, right? So let's, let's talk about specific example. So we, it's not only theoretical things, but let's think about, let's say, building the power plant. Let's imagine that, you know, in the today's world, it's, it's more problem than ever before. There is a lack of the electricity. So we want to build a power plant. So of course, the power plant will definitely require a lot of documentation. There will be some contract statement of work, various requirements about, about the buildings, about the IT systems that will need to be in place, et cetera, et cetera. All these documentation, all of it, has definitely different shapes, different forms, various documents, various tables, various structure. And this is already like first challenge that needs to be somehow addressed, right? The data variety. Then as a part of, as a part of the data, uh, we are not talking about the only information about, uh, about what you are being asked to deliver, but you as a PM, I mean, you, you rely always on plenty of project management documentation, your meeting minutes, project logs, that can cover, let's say, risk log, issue log, change log, daily log, pretty much anything that you, you are tracking by yourself and also previous informations from all the projects that you or your company or potentially in some knowledge base have already gathered. Again, all of this, all of this documentation 
is in, is in various shapes and forms, and that's still a struggle. So how to, how to get over it? I will come to that in a second, so bear with me. Further documentation, of course, there will be various frequent questions, frequently asked questions. There will be various technical schemas. Uh, of course, all of these, uh, I mean, are just demonstrations, demos. But when it, when it comes to, for example, schemas, there are already solutions on the market like Seimu Cloud Solution or Enterprise Architect that enable the companies already simply just to design the, the solution, IT solution, or even architecture solutions. And then, of course, you store all the objects, all the information in data processing, let's say, language. So you don't need to rely on the picture, obviously, but you already have the data that are structured. All the connections are captured. And then you can have just appropriate algorithms that is applied and that is going over, over the data to basically harvest different informations. But we are not done yet. You know, There is plenty of other data that we need to work with. Business news. Let's think about, like, let's take that example, like building the power plant from broader perspective. It's not only information that we get from our sponsors or stakeholders, but it's also what is out there. So, uh, of course, each power plant will define, will definitely need plenty of iron. You will need plenty of pipes, you know, the metal, all of these things. And of course, the business news that potentially should be included in your project data set should consider also how the price for the iron, for example, or the metal, how that is evolving. Is it increasing? Is it decreasing? You know, so all these, all these considerations and also like even the weather forecast. Now, I mean, I know people are asking, hey, Peter, how weather can actually affect my project? Well, it's, I would say it's, it's a good, good question. Uh, I will give you a different example, not with a power plant, but let's, let's take example with, um, 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 a starting company, I'm a supermarket, and I'm trying to sell various products. So just imagine that instead of having team, marketing team, that is trying to come up with always the products that will be sold every single week or upcoming week, I can simply just build the big LCD screens in the supermarkets. And based on the weather forecast and based on the predictions, I can automatically have the algorithm providing the best, uh, the best products on the LCD screens just to market them, advertise them. And I will, of course, pick only those that have the biggest, biggest uh, profit for me as a company, right? So that can be somehow fully automated. Then, of course, it's all about the other data, all the other data. I mean, plenty of install messaging. You, are, you might be relying on the Slack. You might be relying on the, on the Facebook messaging, uh, Skype, et cetera, et cetera. Performance evaluation. I mean, people might be asking, hey, Peter, how performance evaluation will eventually come into play? I mean, whether I'm good or bad, I mean, how that will affect, I mean, let's, let's think about that. Performance evaluation, just to see how, how you are performing, you as a, as a engineer or developer, that is potentially something that can affect the risk of the projects. So if, for example, for the last two years, you are not really delivering great results and that's somehow already captured, then potentially, the solution can give you already information. Hey, Peter, you know, the project, the, the, the engineer you have assigned, John, John is, uh, is at attrition risk because his performance is not great. And there are plenty of additional related risk as well. So, so there is a lot, of, a lot of data out there. And of course, all the data, most of it, 
at the moment relies on the text information, either in the forms of emails, uh, instant messaging, as I said, contracts, et cetera, et cetera. But of course, like we are human beings. And as a human beings, we need to communicate with the people around us, right? On the call, like just like I'm doing right now with you, or like the face-to-face -face with a customer, I'm taking the customer for the lunch. All these things ideally uh, are, or is always happening for every single project as well. And there is 70% of the information going as well. So could we get that information somehow? Could we record all of this? Maybe yes, maybe no. I know, I know people are maybe starting to scream at me saying, hey, Peter, you know, if you record everyone and everything, you will not be better than Big Brother. And that's valid point for sure. So, so it's the question, like just because we can potentially capture this information from the meetings, from the meetings with the customers, is it always acceptable or viable for us as a company, for us as a, as a society, right? But it's, it's the question and it's, it's for the debate to find a suitable trade-off between have appropriate information and also somehow address uh, what we are capturing and how we are protecting the, the, the data and potentially the privacy of the data. So, so you can see that there is a lot of information, a lot of data. Uh, the critical element here is of course the data structure. So it needs to be, it needs to be uh, unified. As I mentioned, the typical example uh, for unification of the information is the same or for example, enterprise architect solution. that gives you an easy way how you can already harvest this information. But let's let's take one step further. So we've got a data. Uh, so we have a power plant. We have received a contract, all the requirements. We've got all the designs. We potentially captured even the discussion with with the customer and all the negotiation, right? So now, of course, we've got this information. We need to process it somehow, all right? I've already mentioned the the need to standardize these things. But what does it actually mean, the standardization or or processing? So it's about definition of, of the information. I mean, is it the data that you are gathering valid? I mean, if I record the lunch with my customer, is it valid information? Or would I rather create a mess in my data set? What is the sentiment of the information I'm sharing? So sentiment is basically the feeling. Is it, um, does the message, let's say the email, has a positive, um, negative, or neutral, uh, neutral perception? So let's, let's just think example. Um, I just prepared the, the email for the customer. I'm just saying, dear customer, you know, I'm just sending you this proposal, et cetera, et cetera. And then before I send it out, I just click the button. And the same way as I'm getting the, the spell check uh, in the Outlook, for example, I'm getting the information about, about this uh, sentiment, sentiment of the whole email, basically saying, hey, Peter, you know, you should have considered or you should consider changing this paragraph because it sounds like negative and the way how it might be perceived is, is, um, is not ideal, right? I mean, myself and probably most of you also are, are not native English speakers. So this is definitely something that can help you to improve the overall, let's say, quality of the delivery, but also the perception, perceptions that you are getting in front of the customers. At the end of the journey, like the data processing journey, like all the data that we have will form some data clusters. So we'll have a data set that is dedicating 
to, to people that is dedicated to your project management documentation, to deliverables. You know, all these clusters will eventually form the data set. And then it's just for a solution, a project management code solution, just to harvest, respectively, use this information uh, for your benefit. So let's take, again, let's do one more step. So we've got a data, we have processed the data, and now we basically want to provide the information to the end users. When I'm saying end user, I mean project manager, or it could be engineers. And because all of us are probably doing the projects in the global world, we also need to think about the delivering the message. So if, for example, I'm doing um, the, the power plant in Japan, right? I potentially may need to translate to local language, right, to Japanese, simply because maybe the, the engineers will prefer Japanese rather than English. Good. So now, one step further. So we've got the data, we process them, we have them transformed to, uh, to final, basically to final language, let's say, of based on the audience. And now let's see how we can get the benefits that will make our life somehow easier. So as I said already, we are, when we have a data, we are creating the data clusters dedicated to people, dedicated to documentation, et cetera, et cetera. So the goal of all those predictions and prescriptions is of course to make our life easier. So first one, let's say the, the results in terms of predictive and prescriptive support would be people oriented. And before I go there, I mean, people might be asking, hey, Peter, what is actually the difference between predictive and prescriptive support? So I just want to briefly mention this because it's very important and it, there is really a difference. So the predictive support is basically, or predictive analytics is basically the, the process where you are taking the data that you have, let's say historical trend, and you are trying to come up with the data that you don't have. So basically the future expectation. You know? So if you see that, I don't know, the stock market is, uh, is, is increasing. I mean, if you rely on that prediction, then of course you could, you could assume that the stock market will grow over time for the future as well. We know that stock market is much more complex environment, but that's, that's the logic. Prescriptive support, on the other hand, is basically something that is relying on the statistical models and machine learning to determine uh, possibilities and recommended actions. So it's not only that it's going to give you information that how things might evolve, but it's already suggestion. Suggestion, hey, Peter, do this because potentially there is a lower risk for the project. So now coming back to people segment, uh, just to give you the example, difference between proactive and prescriptive support in the people domain. So let's, let's, let's take again our scenario of building power plan and we've got a John, uh, the engineer, uh, and John is taking a vacation every single Friday since the beginning of the year, right, of course. So if I assign the John uh, to the project plan, then of course, I, may get, I, I will get the information that most likely John may, may, may apply for vacation even in the upcoming weeks, like every single Friday, even though that he may not ask for it yet, right? So that's, that's the one example. The prescriptive example would be that, um, Again, the John. John has, let's say, problems with his performance. I mean, for the last two, three years, he didn't deliver great results. There were many complaints. And this is, again, something that you, as a project manager, you could be informed in a form of risk that will be populated in your risk plan by the project management solution saying, 
Hey, Peter, John is at attrition risk. Please consider whether you really want to have him assigned or you will find another resource. And it will be up to me uh, to basically make that call eventually, right? I mean, if it's, if it's a project for the governance, maybe I will think about replacing it. If it's a project that is, let's say, less risky and potentially changing one person would, would not cause a problem, I might leave it as it is. From market perspective, business perspective, um, the predictive support here might be, for example, the, the, the price of the iron. So we already mentioned that for the power plant, we have, a, we have a plenty of metal pipes for which we need iron. So if the iron is increasing on the market, of course, for the last few weeks, even months, most likely it's going to increase over, over the next couple of weeks still. But the prescriptive support in this context from the solution is saying that, for example, hey, Peter, uh, because the iron is going up, for the, and still most likely will be going up uh, in the next few weeks, uh, it will, let's say in two months from now, it will reach such a point in time when it will be reasonable and good for you as a project measure to replace potentially the materials from, from the iron to carbon. Right now it's more expensive, but in, in two months, it, the price will be equal and actually carbon is actually more stronger and uh, it is actually lighter. So it may be beneficial for your construction operations, right? So this is really something more than just a prediction information, but it is already suggesting some specific steps that you can take. Deliverables oriented, right? So of course, our example with John. So John, if John is, uh, is having attrition risk, of course, I may be already pointed out that the John is working on these packages, rack packages, and these are those that are at risk, right? So again, something that potentially I may need to consider for my planning. Prescriptive support on the other hand, may be suggesting me, hey, Peter, for the power plant, there is a IT solution and there will be also specific software solution installed. For this software solution, we have thousands of requirements that needs to be fulfilled. But based on similar implementation from other countries, we know that these hundred requirements, these hundred out of thousand, will most likely be no required at all. So even though that I, I, I have some requirements defined from the customer, I may somehow try to validate it. Is it really something that is critical for the project success and for project delivery? Or it was there because simply customer just you know, replicated the setup from other companies and other countries, but eventually they may not need it. So that could decrease the price, that could decrease the time, risk, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, the prediction and prescription support can, can definitely be touching all the project documentation. So I was already mentioning a couple of times the example with the risk lock, right? For automatic populating of the, of the risk with the John, automatic populating of the risk lock with, uh, with increasing the price, uh, price of, the, of the iron, automatic population, for example, or, or revalidation of the business case. If the price goes up, you will just get the automatic notification saying, you know, the business case reached the point in time when simply it's no longer viable. The price that we would be getting from the power plant would be that high that no one would buy it, you know. And now, just to see how do you feel about the machine learning so far? So we've got a question number two. How would you feel if all your project data, so think about emails, messaging, calls, would be processed as a part of project management software solution, the cloud solution. 
So you either don't care because you have nothing to write, you know, you are, you are, you are the person that is enjoying the Facebook and sharing everything, or if data and people privacy is assured, you are fine, or simply for for you is not acceptable at all. Let's let's just see what people prefer. And it's 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 quite interesting how these things is evolving over time because um, let's think about the Facebook. Like 20 years ago, people what what people are sharing now on the Facebook 20 years ago it would be unthinkable. You know the the pictures of of the kids and many other stuff. So definitely this is this is changing a lot. But I can see that it's quite interesting that definitely people keep some data and people's privacy in mind. So I'm glad actually to to see this. Uh, also, I'm actually personally belong. I also personally belong to this category, to middle one. Thank you. Cool. Go. Let's go. Let's go next. So now, again, where we are. So we have the data. We process the data. Uh, we we got some prediction and prescriptive support. But how we can leverage it further? So of course, each PM, when you are when you have your baseline build, right, you want to play with various what if scenarios, right? And all of these what if scenarios will rely on the data that you get from these domains that we covered: people, business, deliverables. What if I change John, who is a attrition risk, right, and I will replace it with someone else? What if the price of the iron will suddenly decrease? So I will not basically consider the replacement with carbon at all, right? What if the customer will really require the software requirements to be implemented, all of them, all of the thousands of requirements, not only 900, right? So all these, what these scenarios can be, uh, can be very easily and effectively automated through, through the machine learning. And you get actually all these, uh, say, implications. For example, if there is a, instead of John, there is a Carl, right? How that would affect my risk work, right? So now let's think about specific tools that can already give you, uh, in some cases already that are already on the market, some automation that can be beneficial for you as a PM, for you as a project manager, a people manager, team leader, or technician. First item, various bots. Uh, the bots are basically solutions that can use some data source. Uh, it can be it can be simply book, it can be database, it can be anything basically. And the bots rely on some relationship between data elements. And then the bots based on the implementation can effectively provide the answers, good answers uh, for the question from big uh, list of the audience. Let's think about specific examples. So we've got the power plant. Power plant definitely if you build it just you know behind behind your house, probably people will complain. Uh, therefore, there will be thousands, ten thousands people affected somehow, and all of these people will have some questions. So, why to have why to have some some IVR solution or you know the people or web pages that will provide them thousand pages of information? People may be asking simple questions, and those questions there is nothing easier than just to answer them through the bot. There are, of course, various levels of implementation. There might be better bots. There might be, let's say, weaker bots. But the bots is something that definitely is the future to make the, the life of the project measure easier in terms of providing information or getting the information as well. Then you can also use the machine learning uh, and data analytics to evaluate 
semi-automatically or sometimes even automatically uh, the, the, the skills of the people, the developers, for example, how, how great they are, how, for example, uh, how well they, they come up with the work estimates for the software packages, right? Or for example, you can already provide the feedback to the people when it comes to the way how they manage the call. So you are on the call, the call is being recorded, and then you get the information saying that the tone and the structure of the language that you use was inappropriate. You are talking to the customer, you should be more formal. You know, these kind of things are already on the market. And in case you are interested in the details, just stay tuned because as I mentioned, this series is one of the first sessions that will be, that is just giving you a small peek to something that, what, that we will be covering in more details with specific products in the upcoming sessions. Goal and performance tracking, right? So if you can evaluate the skills evaluations and provide the feedback, then of course you can load this information and to, you can also use it as input for goal and performance evaluation of the people in your team. I'm not saying that the evaluation would be automated, but you would get at least the inputs already that would be some of summarizing information for you uh, about, about the weakness and of course the strong points as well. And it would be, the, the decision would be always up to human, up to people manager, team manager, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, all this information, all, all the project information could potentially uh, be used as input for lessons learned, typically at the end of the project, you know, the typical issues along with the context, and that's important, the context, like how, which people have been connected to it, what were the, what were the challenges related to it. In, in, in typical cases, it's manual work. Um, in some companies, people rely on some tools, but it's still quite manual. So this is something also that can be fairly effectively automated. So why? Why we actually want to do this, or I mean, why we actually even discuss this? First, of course, hyperactivity for the organization that is relying on machine learning data analytics, of course. Then you as a PM, you could be doing the PM job. I mean, you don't need to uh, type the meeting minutes if there is a solution that can do it for you. I mean, you can validate it, you know, no solution is perfect. You can validate the information, but then you can simply just spend your time more effectively to something that has that is providing higher value. And then, of course, in overall, all these solutions, all the automated population, all the risk awareness, that is simply increasing the quality of the delivery. But the most important one is reducing the risk on your project. So if there is no, if there will be no risk on your project, probably then the project would would be smooth and easy one. And that is probably something what all the project manager would, would, would wish for. So now we cover three points. Now let's think about the fourth one. So the three points we cover so far were related to projects. But of course, each companies that deliver some projects, they eventually want to leverage the information from the project to change also the way how they operate because the projects has a unique opportunity really unique opportunity to see what might be problematic pain points. So the, all the information, all the lessons learned can be very effectively used to provide some insight to questions like how we can avoid the problems that we faced, right? How we can change the environment. Should we change the organization setup? So if you are having a project's data set that is uh, let's see, comparing the results of the project with dedicated resources versus teams that have been shared, teams that have been, let's say, structured in the silos, then 
you can clearly see also the, the, the differences in the project delivery. Would the team miss some application or, or software solution? Or potentially, was there a problem in terms of the sharing the information, right? Uh, either from the team to project core team or from the suppliers or to, to stakeholders, all these things can potentially be, be identified through, through those lessons learned information from the previous projects. So now just briefly, just to summarize the things, four things that we heard about. So first, you've got the data, all the data, various shapes, various forms, all the data set, it's already out there. It's just waiting for it to be grabbed. Then you process them, transform to suitable form. You, you basically uh, try to come up with new information that will enable to define, uh, that will enable you to define, predict or define the prescriptive information. Uh, and the information will be in the shapes of various shapes. Uh, you can consume those data through the balls, through the various feedbacks, uh, also through the predictions, all of these. And then of course, all the data are being uh, filled or populated uh, as a source of information to cast to companies where we are working and potentially can leverage this information to understand if company can somehow transform. So now quickly, how we can get there, how we can get to the point that I was talking about. First thing is that people need to be ready. I mean, the mindset, right? People are afraid probably of the big brother. So we need to be, able to understand it, we need to be, we need, we need to be able to, also to explain it, what it means for, for you as a PM, what it means for the people that would potentially use this solution, how they can be assured that the data will not be misused. Of course, the solution needs to be out there. I mean, and the solutions are already out there, uh, but they are, not, they are not cheap and they are not easy to get. Uh, and of course, the third point I would say, culture, I mean, company culture needs to be ready for such a big change and mindset change because people in this world, data analytics and the machine learning world needs to more trust one to each other. They need to more rely on sharing the information. And it's not, it's not something that can be easy, easy organized. Limiting factors. What prevents us actually to get there? High input investment. I mean, definitely the solution we are talking about here are, are not easy and are not cheap, which means that for small companies, if you are a company that has 100 people, most likely you are not going to get it. If you are working for a company like the consulting company that is delivering the project across the globe and that can definitely get the benefits from, from hundreds of projects if, and uh, benefits that would be or materialized through the hundreds of projects if such a solution is implemented, then of course it's a different story. Uh, the need to revamp the project management. So you would need to suddenly, and not only you, but also the companies, we need to realize that the way how the project management has been done is changing. You no longer will come up with, you know, you no longer will define the meeting minutes. You will just validate it. You will no longer uh, have uh, intensive sessions for the risk management because you will already get the plenty of uh, insight, plenty of suggested risk from the solution. So simply the role, the, the, the role itself will somehow shift and change. And as I said, people mindset, that's a critical element. So now let's see how quickly can we get there. So what you can see on this slide is actually the chart that is showing the spending for the various cloud solutions. And this is the source is Gartner from November, 2020. 
And what I like to ask you is just pay the attention for the last, last part that is at the bottom, the red rectangle. It is basically just showing the cloud business process as a service. And that's the domain that is pretty much close to the solution we are talking about here. Uh, the cloud business process as a service is the composition of various software solutions that is connected through the process and providing you some benefits. You can see that the expectation in terms of the, in terms of, of the spending in those domains is, is quite limited. For the next two years, the growth is quite limited because it's not easy to be implemented. It's not easy to integrate various solutions in a reasonable and effective manner. And that's the reason why in all the other cloud domains, you can see infrastructure as a service and others, the growth is much more rapid. So, so we can see that the cloud business process as a service is already growing. And over the next, I would say 20 years, it's something that will definitely hit us. So it's just the question whether it's going to be, I would say in 10 years or 12 years or 15 years, but it's going to be there. Now, question number three, the last one. Uh, the question would be, Machine learning in the project management, do you think of it as a threat or maybe as a hype or as an opportunity? Nice, nice. I can see people are open-minded. I'm, I'm really glad to see this and uh, it's a great actually. So people see this as a great opportunity, definitely. And I'm actually on the same page. And that's the reason, one of the reasons why I wanted to organize this session for the people, because more we share this information, more we think about it, the better we, all of us, as a project manager and team leaders and managers, uh, can be prepared for, uh, for, such a, for such a scenario that is going to happen. So my final remarks would be, uh, would be actually one quote from one of the uh, I would say great radio speaker. I like him, uh, Earl Nightingale. He was the author, and he was he was um, dealing basically mostly with um, human characters development and motivation. And he he and he said great great quote, basically that if you spend one hour a day of study, then it is all um, it is it is all it takes for you to become best in the world. So he was saying that in case you do one hour per day and you do it for three years, you will be in top of your field in three years. If you do it for five years, you will become national authority. And if you do it in for seven years, you will become one of the best people in the world. And that's something, that's the message I, I would like you to remember because if you start thinking and doing the things about the machine learning now, you will be the, either you the national authority in your country or you will become the, one of the best people in the world in this domain because it's not if it's coming, it is already here. So I'm asking you to basically already take that step and start thinking how the data should be transformed, uh, how the solutions could be supported so your companies would adopt them and you are really ready for it. So you are basically, you are a pioneer in that, in, that, in that aspect and you show the people how it can provide it benefits. And as I said, this is the first session our series, the next one would be dedicated to providing you more respective specific examples of the products that are on the market on the four domains that already can be leveraged to provide these benefits. So as I said, data, 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 let's say load, then processing, the predictive and the prescriptive analytics, 
and then also automation and potentially uh, the the customer uh, the sorry the company transformation. With that, that's all from my side. Wow. wow, Pat, that was really impressive. It was breathtaking, honestly, and um, I myself was like speechless. So much opportunities and so much possibilities we as project managers have, and all those are for helping project managers to make better and smart decisions, right? This is decisions which are not based on the only the, the perceptions, but on the data driven. The questions, question which always came to my mind during your presentation, we talk about the importance of data, how this can be used, but in each industry, we have different sets of data which data should be collected in which industry is there any any some set or package for specific specific industry where we can refer to because uh, start, if we start from the scratch it's not really easy to to analyze what specific data should be the right one for you to use the another question is about the accuracy but let's stay where you get what what data should you collect uh, this, is, this is this is a great question because you are absolutely right like each data set and the structure will be will depend on the the business domain you are working on so if you are in finances it will be different than the, in the space industry and that's the reason why i was mentioning uh that the solution will be definitely beneficial for these consulting companies because all of them they basically provide the project support to all these industries so they can build the knowledge set and they, they already have the predefined subset of the data structures that is suitable more for, let's say, uh, spaceship industries, the, the army industries, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, let's think about the legal, like for example, legal companies, they already have the, the, the formats and the shapes of the contracts that is defined for various companies, various, various industries, various types of situations. And, in this cloud, uh, the, the machine learning data analytics solution, it works the same way. The challenge here is to get the information, like the types, and of course, then to structure it some way. And you, in order for you to do that, you need to be able to get this information. And the companies that can have this information are these consulting companies that everyone, I mean, all the big corporates are hiring just to help them to manage their operations. And then, of course, it's beneficial for both sides for the companies that is hiring them, but of course, especially for these contractors, because then they can build and further expand the knowledge data set. And this is all about, uh, actually, you mentioned a few times the cost. This service is not uh, cheap, it's pretty expensive. So if we talk about the big companies, they can afford it. But what about SMEs? Does it mean that SME are lagging behind and they will be lagging behind even more in the future because they won't be able to use the benefits of the data, right? Uh, that's true, but I would say, I would say uh, they might be potentially leveraging only partial benefits from it. So instead of having like overall end-to-end -end solution, they might rely rather on, for example, bots. So, so they will have documentation, the bots are already, bot solutions are already out there. So you just use some particle bot and you define it to provide the benefit to your stakeholders when you are building that example, for example, when you are building the power plant. Um, so, so, so you will get the benefit 
in certain fields of the project management, but not all in all the fields. So what I was talking about and stressing was really end-to-end life cycle. Uh, but of course, if there is limited investment, then it will be up to each company, up to each project manager to think what can and what actually makes still a sense and which not. Uh, and one more thing which comes to my mind is uh, the new initiative about low code. So there will be the low code initiative, which will probably help those project managers. So uh, we have lots of questions, Pat, as okay. you see, and let's dig let's into that. It. So let's we have Tanta, yes. I think, from Deisaza from US. And uh, she's saying, hi, everybody. Thank you for this session. I would like to know what kind of technical skills should PM acquire in data and machine learning and how much expertise does PM needs in these skills? Can you suggest some uh, tools and study? And uh, related to this question, my students were asking uh, which courses on what or what, how we should start learning it. Mm. Uh, you know, 20 years ago, the things were pretty much different. You, you would need to study like ne neutral net uh, neural networks and, and others. But nowadays, it's much easier. There is plenty of frameworks around that you can simply just leverage to, to be beneficial I mean, and, and just to use it. My recommendation would be first, answer yourself whether what is the level of details you want to be involved. If you are really want to transform the data, then of course you can start programming with a Python because Python is very powerful in data transformation analytics. And there are plenty of libraries that you can leverage to have also the machine learning capabilities or if you don't want to program it like that, you can simply just rely on various cloud solutions, uh, software as a solution that are already out there. And I mean, I don't want to be specific now, but I mean, there are already solutions that already gives you capability just to load the spreadsheet, for example, with information, and you could already leverage the information that you might not realize otherwise. So, so my, as I said, my summary would be think about the level of your involvement. If you are more tech savvy, go for the Python. That's good. And that, that's definitely something that will enable you to grow. If you want to stay in the machine learning on a, let's say, high level, rather just probably watch our next sessions because I will be talking about specific providers uh, that already give you this capability and that can help you to leverage it now with a fairly for, for fairly cheap cost. I see, I see. So the Dan, hi, Dan Potash, we have, uh, he's in energy sector here uh, from Deloitte in Georgia. And a big problem in Georgia with power plants is fake news. Can these tools help fight against fake news? Well, in general, I would say, well, you know, I, I would probably need to, need to understand the bigger context here. But um, if I try to make it, uh, for example, a parallel to, medical industry. In the medical industry in the US, they're already trying to experiment with, um, with analyzing or using the machine learning to analyze the, the x-rays of the lungs, simply just to identify if there is a, if there is a cancer tumor. And uh, now they are basically in the situation where the success rate of identification of the, of the tumor based on the x-ray is actually higher than, than by, I mean, in comparison to, to the doctor. So, so it already gives basically the, the hospitals a chance to not have even that much people that can reasonably understand the, the pictures of the x-rays and 
the tool is already suggesting or highlighting that there is a risk of, of, of the tumor. And in the same way, I believe that the, the, the fake news potentially could be somehow spotted, but I know it's, it's a big problem. I'm not saying that it's easy, but I would probably need to understand like a bigger context here just to give you probably a better answer. Thank you, thank you. And we have, it's more, I don't think it's a question, but I'm probably it's assurance that he understood. Abdullah uh, asked predictive analysis, what will happen next, it describes, and the pre, uh, prescriptive analysis, what should be done next? Is his understanding right? I, would, uh, I will slightly correct that. Basically, the predictive analysis, analysis is, is, is more about the data. So, so you have the data that you have, and the predictive analysis will go, will give you some data that what is the expectation how this data will evolve but it's not going it's not going to tell you anything else you know mm -hmm. so you had i don't know decreasing uh, the decreasing trend on the market and then you will just get that over the next two 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 months it may be still decreasing right so that's only information it's not going to tell you like what is what should be your decision the prescriptive analysis might say hey peter you know it might be good to replace the john because of that risk I was talking about, like attrition risk, and it might be good to replace it with person B, like the Carol, because Carol, you know, delivered the things in the better way, it's quicker, there is less risk, this kind of thing. So prescriptive is also about suggesting the action and potentially providing you some further context. Mm -hmm. I see. Uh, uh, we have another question from Jerry. Actually, it may be related to the question that uh, we started at the beginning. Where do we take the learning set of data for specific project? That simply needs to be built. I mean, that's not that's not easy. I mean, it doesn't exist unless someone creates it. And that's the reason why I was really stressing these consulting companies. They have that experience and they build these data sets. And of course, then, I mean, assuming that there is no, no contract that would somehow forbid, forbid them uh, to use the data they are gathering. But it always depends. But definitely contracting companies that are specializing for project management are building these data sets. It already exists. Mm -hmm. Abdullah's next question is, what tool is, uh, is recommended for automation purposes? Everybody wants to hear the tools. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I, I will probably not give you like one, one, one tool because I mean, the automation is, is very broad. Like, is it automation for emails? Is it automation for putting the spreadsheets? Is it automation for, for putting the plans together? Sorry, probably, you know, yeah. this is for broader, broader, broader debate. Mm -hmm. So the question is, can we use ML in construction industry to predict delays and overruns? This is a question from Simran. Yes, definitely, definitely. Uh, of course, all the predictions are based on some mathematical models. And of course, you will, you will get only certain probability, right? Saying that there is this probability that, for example, for 80%, things might be, might be good. But again, the, the model will be only as precise as the data that you have. Right. So if you if you if you don't load it with the data that potentially may affect the project, like for example, availability of the people, I mean you might get the model that is saying that things are great, but then you simply realize that you don't have a skilled people, right? So you should, so you need to have all the data and the result will be as great as the data that you are getting. Mm -hmm. Uh, the next question we have is uh, data should be verified by competent team members who should be a specialist to that field of specialization. Otherwise, poor data can lead to poor results, maybe garbage in a garbage out situation. How do you control that? Can we leave it to AI, ML, NLP? So 
the data uh, accuracy is still uh, uh, something that worries our, our audience. Uh, exactly, exactly. Uh, and that is that is the point I was stressing that the validity of data is crucial. Like, am I going to capture the discussion with the customers during the during the lunch? I mean, that's that's nonsense, right? So so and that's the big cost for for this data load that the companies will need to take. And that's the reason why I was stressing exactly like high investment in it because that's not for free. Of course, you can you can. Uh, I mean, some data like the data that, that would be, for example, stored in terms of enterprise architect solution, like the designs, et cetera, these are clear, more or less, there will be no problem. But the data in terms of the text, this will be problematic. And there needs to be some, basically some validation for sure, but that's not for free, yes. Mm -hmm. I, of course, not for free. Are there any companies or specific industries that have already adopted ML, ML in project management? The icebreaker, let's say, the question from Sebastian. Uh, I don't know the company that would adopt the, uh, the machine learning project management like from end-to-end -end perspective, but there are companies like IBM or even Accenture that adopted some of the things already in those domains. And I can, I can, uh, I think I can talk about those items in the upcoming sessions. Mm -hmm. I see. Uh, so we have a question from Abdullah. Uh, automation, do you recommend Power BI? <laughs> no, we want to hear what's the, 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 the tool we can use. Um, I mean, personally, I, I don't work much with Power BI. Uh, I know it, but, you know, I would need to, I would need to work with it more just to, to be able mm -hmm. to give you some recommendations. Sorry. And the last question is, do you have automated ML companies like H2O AI? And I think we have couple more minutes, but we are pre-taking lots of questions already. Have you heard about this? Uh, I heard, I heard, but I didn't, I didn't, let's say, explore them in details, but I know that they have a, they have a solid potential, at least based on the, based on the market, market, market reports. Mm -hmm. I see. So Abdullah is saying we are using ERP system. What possible ML applications that can integrate, connect to this system? Most likely there will be lots of uh, ML applications because ERP is um, probably used in most of the bigger, big uh, industries mm. and not only big, but uh, well, I would say the typical, typical machine learning application might be that, for example, if you are ERP provider and then of course you have thousands of customers, you need to, at some point in time, you need to do some maintenance of the systems that may affect the customer, right? So you either can uh, rely on maintenance. We know that you have a contract with the customer or maybe you already can suggest them that you will do the maintenance, basically downtime for them based on some um, basically algorithm, machine learning algorithm that is somehow observing what is the level of utilization for, those, for, for the specific customer. And then saying that, okay, based on your utilization, we can see that you have not used this, the system on Monday, after 10 p.m., but all the other days, including Sunday, someone is using it. You know? And something something similar might work also for other companies uh, that, would, uh, on the other hand, would have the downtime on Wednesday, Friday, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So this is already something that is being utilized across the companies for sure, so, just to be more 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 friendly towards the customers. Mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you, Pat. It was really fascinating, actually. Uh, just to summarize it for myself as a PM how I see the future for the PM. 
First, it's here and there is no doubt it will be more of it. And we need to not to fight, but just to get acquainted and get familiar with it more and more to find out the, what possibilities and what effect it gives us to the project, what is the value, real value it delivers, what data we need, and as a PM, what type of hard and soft skills do we need to adapt quickly and use this uh, uh, opportunity, use ML and uh, data in the benefits of the project and companies because uh, it comes from all, all comes from the interest of the organizations and companies we work for, right? Exactly. Don't fight it, embrace it. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, thank you so much. It was my pleasure and I'm really thankful and I really look forward to our next sessions and I'm uh, really uh, uh, excited about this future and uh, we already have some planned new events which are coming next month so feel free to join us and uh, actually we will be posting the uh, recording on our YouTube channel. I would like to thank Peter for your interesting presentation and for uh, to all participants for your uh, involvement and uh, see you on our next session. Thank you. Uh, thank you, everyone.